he even mentions that he took part in some of this too and mentions that he vandalized a statue of some of the old emperors of Shurima, uh specified that he vandalized it by writing words that would make his mother blush. So, uh, you know, like this right now, we're not even talking about the story of Acathia. We're talking about the story of Philadelphia after they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> And then Axe grabbed a handful of horse shit and <laughs> took a bite. <laughs> Go birds. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 111, part one. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Hetch. Man. That's right, everybody. We did it. We're at episode quadruple one. <laughs> Triple one, part one. Let's go. <laughs> so today we're talking about the story that we've been, you know, hyping up a bit. Where Icathia once stood. So the reason we're breaking this into two parts, it's fairly long. And we've done the two-part structure before. We've gotten good feedback on that. So for the longer stories, we, you guys have time, right? But we don't want to use too much of it at once. And it gives it a more digestible uh, format to do it that way. So yeah. Yeah. And we, we definitely want it to be digestible because these are stories that we really like. So we don't want to skip the longer ones just because they're long. Uh, but if this is a format that you do like or if you have any critiques, you could always reach out to us. And that's what housekeeping's for, right? Exactly. You can listen to us everywhere. Email us at podcastcore, that's C-O-R, at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all the rest of our info. Follow us on all the platforms because that helps and more people will see us. And then leave a like and comment because uh, we care what you think. Uh, but how we gotten this far, the early stuff, is word of mouth. So tell a friend to learn how to resist imperialism by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. <laughs> That's right. Down with the proletariat, baby. <laughs> Let's go work in class. <laughs> All right. And as far as with the story where Kathia once stood, uh, before we even dive into it, I like I want everyone to just go ahead, go to the League of Legends website, pull up this story through Jax's page, and just look <laughs> at the picture at the start of this story. Just breathe <laughs> it in. I love it so much. It's so good. I'm so excited to talk about this. Take us away. <laughs> and also, two disclaimers. First of all, this has flashbacks within flashbacks. And this is one of those things that we've talked about. It's a very confusing narrative structure. We don't like it, no. uh, but we'll try to keep you on point on yeah. where we're at. And, but that said, that's how excited you can be, because we're still excited about it, even though there's friggin' flashbacks. Within flashbacks, <laughs> even though it's a stinking Naruto story, we're still excited to bring it to you. That's how good this is. Check it out. Let's go, baby. And then the final one is there's a lot of things we're probably going to mispronounce. But once we say it, that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> so bear with us. Yeah, we create the canon here. <laughs> <laughs> so this first uh, we're going to do three parts here in because that's the best way to tell a story. But. In the follow-up part two, there will be an extra part. Uh, just to the, the way this is organized, we thought this is the best way to break it up, uh, and you'll see why. 
So we start with part one. And our story begins with Aksumuk Varchoy Kohari Ikathor uh, explaining the origins of his name. And Aksumuk is from his grandfather. Uh, Var is for his mother. Choi is his father. Ikathor is the name of his blood-bonded clan, his birthplace. And then Kohari is the latest addition to respect in respect to the revolutionary group that's been reborn in Icathia to take back their sovereignty from the Shreeman Empire. So he's repeating this over and over as he's introducing us to the story uh, because he never wants to forget this name because to him, this is the only thing he has left that belongs to him. Yep, And uh, th this is something that's not like foreign as far as to real life. Uh, if you know a lot of like very deeply rooted Catholic families, uh, they tend to pass on multiple names. Uh, and a lot of even men will carry on like their mother's maiden name. Uh, so it, it, it exists. This is very complicated as well <laughs> as it just being a lot of just stinking vowels upon vowels. Uh, so I am totally down just to call him Max. Yep, we're going to call him Max. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're on the same page. Because <laughs> from my perspective, um, we you also see this a lot in African culture as well uh, with how Ooh. names are handled, especially on the male side. So <laughs> we're going to do Axe because, come on, we got a long yeah. story here. We want to get through it. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to spend five minutes we're pronouncing this dude's name every time we have to <laughs> talk about what he's doing <laughs> and we're and it's his perspective so we're going to be saying acts a lot all right exactly so this takes us directly into part two right and we move forward to a parade celebrating the uprising of the kohari and them heading off to battle the shreeman army and there are cheering men and women kind of honoring them as they march through the the main uh town fair yeah, and as far as for uh, anyone who somehow is coming into this without listening to our Jax episode, uh, this might be a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say just go listen to the Jax episode. And, you know, my favorite moment of let me give you a quick pause so you can pause this, listen to it, and come back. That pause is over. All right. <laughs> so we know that this is happening because uh, the Akathians have decided to, they have found a weapon that they believe can kill the Shuriman god warriors. And they are now uprising. They've crowned a new mage king and they are ready to rebel against the Sharimans. So this is just Axe's point of view of the aftermath of we did it. We have our own mage king again and we're going to fight for our land. And that's the point of the, where this story is starting off. And as far as like the events that happened from there, we're really going to get into it because this is we're getting Axe's first point of view here. So uh, we're going to get even more details than we covered in Jax's story, which is really cool. Yeah. So we get our first flashback here <laughs> uh, and he speaks about the night that they overthrew the Shuriman presence in the vassal state known as Icathia, and they killed every Shuriman official they could find uh, due to their service to the Sun Emperor at the time. They tore down effigies to the Sun Disk, which we've spoken about at length. You can listen to all those episodes where we talk about the God Warriors themselves. 
They burned Shuriman script work. They desecrated the erected statues of Shuriman emperors in their <laughs> city. And then he relates to the smell of the smoke and fire to the smell of freedom. Uh, and he even mentions that he took part in some of this, too, and mentions that he vandalized a statue of some of the old emperors of Shurima, uh, specified that he vandalized it by writing words that would make his mother blush. So, uh, you know, like th this right now, we're not even talking about the story of Acathia. We're talking about the story of Philadelphia after they win a Super Bowl. <laughs> And then Axe grabbed a handful of horse shit and <laughs> took a bite. Go birds. Go birds. <laughs> so one thing to add on to what Hetch mentioned is that, remember, this is post-imperialism. Uh, post so when Shreeman originally took over Icathia, which they never thought would happen, <laughs> wink nod, um, they did this to the Icathian history. They burned their scripts. They tore down their statues to their respects, like what they pay respects to. They got rid, made it illegal to essentially distribute any like Icathian-based jewelry and stuff like that, right? Because that's how you suppress a culture and hide it away, and then you let time take over. Yep, and we know this firsthand because we both come from Caribbean families. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, it, it it is also important to point out because we don't really cover it too much in this story. We do cover it in our Jack's bio uh, that this happens. This isn't what happens as far as like the initial uh, rebellion because this happens kind of on the heels of one of the first battles of the new Kahari. Because, like, Jax leading the new Kahari was able to kind of solidify their hold on Akathia. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, it, Shurima is a very large empire, and they're going to strike back, all right? Like, it's just like we see with the American Revolution, you know, they kind of were able to take over at the Boston Tea Party. They set their footholds, and then I'll crap ton of ships come over all right <laughs> so this is happening as far as like that first little bit of like we did it we're rebelling and the sharimans are currently sending a crap ton of ships <laughs> exactly well that's that's a great analogy so axe returns from this memory so we're back from the flashback uh to the ongoing march through the town square essentially and he mentions you know to us the reader, that his skill lies in the bow, right? That's where he's confident. He can wheel a blade if needed, but he's basically a ranger. And during this march, there's a moment where a young woman places a garland on his head and kisses him. And this obviously, he's young at this point, puts his mind ablaze. He's like, well, shit, I don't want to go to war now. I just kind of want to hang out. And he notices <laughs> that she's also wearing a necklace designed by his father. We find out that he's a jewelry maker and Axe is from a more, uh, a, a more well-off background than a lot of these soldiers, especially Jax, um, who's leading kind of part of this revolution. And his fellow Kohari notice his nerves and calm him down to level his expectations of what's to come. 
And this little scene, despite being, you know, just like every war movie that you've ever yeah. seen, um, <laughs> it is one of the things of note here is that, you know, he does notice that the girl is wearing jewelry uh, that his father had crafted. And as we just mentioned before, one of the first things the Shoremans did was to destroy every th- bit of cult- uh, Icathian culture. Yeah. And as well as making some of the Icathian culture illegal. So this this is also just kind of showing that even the civilians of Icathia are fully on board with the rebellion. Because this was likely jewelry that she would not be wearing in a Shoreman-controlled city. Because it would just be putting a target on her back for the magistrate. So it, it shows that everybody is... Full on, we're doing it. We're we are rebelling against Sharima, and we're taking back our home. So that is an important thing to kind of uh, to look at because if you don't look at that, you're just going to get stuck the same way that ja- that Axe is, which is oh, she's cute. Oh, she kissed me. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let, no, let me go buy her dinner. Let me go buy her dinner. I go. <laughs> y'all, y'all have fun. Y'all I'll have catch fun. up. I got plans. <laughs> so we follow this with. Uh, the introduction of Sajax and Colgrim, who you know the former, uh, and the latter is essentially his right-hand man. And they're two experienced fighters from a completely different ba- background than Axe himself. And we actually get some of our first details about uh, Sajax or Jax's uh, physical appearance. So it says here, Sajax was the beating heart of the Kohari, a shaven-headed giant with skin pockmarked by the ravages of a childhood illness. We now know why his skin looks the way it looks, uh, partly. And a forked beard stiffened to a point with wax and white chalk. What a badass. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to start waxing my beard. (laughs) So then we have Colgrim kind of speak up and he's teasing Axe, um, who was originally raised as a jewel maker, right? He's like, hey, look, rich boy, like you're young. You don't know. You haven't seen what we've seen. And but Sajax kind of, you know, pushes Colgrim aside. He's like, you know, he reassures Axe uh, and tells him it's time to focus on what's ahead. Don't let what's going on rile you up too much. Uh, and, you know, again, this is we're kind of at the point of the story where it's going to be like every war movie yeah. uh, going in. Like if you're not having flashbacks to like Saving Private Ryan or something right now, <laughs> like is you know, like going into like D-Day and stuff like that. That's what this scene is. There's not really too much to tear apart here. All right. Like it's uh, other than like, you know, we we have talked about before just how gigantic and terrifying Jax is. Yeah. And we get a little bit of that here, but this is also significantly back in time from what present day Jax is. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, we get to see his awesome stash and beard. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm going to start waxing. <laughs> so Axe then follows this up by asking the two men about the time they fought a Shereem God. And Colgrim mentions that they destroyed it, but also almost destroyed half a mountain during the battle. A lot of people died. And Jax was the only one with a weapon big enough to actually take the head of this god. So once again, we know how big his weapon is, uh, which kind of gives us a reference to the current time and what he wields and why he can hold two-handed swords in one hand easily, right? Uh, Then Axe goes as far as to uh, ask Jax directly to tell him more, and Jax just doesn't want to answer any more questions. He gets the hint. He's too focused on the battle ahead. 
And this kind of harkens back to what I was saying earlier, that this uprising didn't just happen, quote unquote, under overnight. Yeah. For Axe, it was overnight. Like, because that for him, he took a part of, he took part in the revelry of the city of Acathia actually rebelling. But for the Kahari, they had already gone to battle they had already gotten their victory and that's what sparked that rebellion within the city yeah all right so they these guys axe is the rookie he's the greenhorn he's untested and the and Jax is like no like i'm not gonna tell you as far as like how that battle went because you haven't seen war yet and you don't know just how awful it is and I'm not going to try to describe to you how awful it is since we're about to march you there. All right. Like you're going to find <laughs> you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And I need you here. All right. I'm not running away to go with green eyed girl. All right. <laughs> you got to stay here. So we'll talk about it later. A great um, current event is going to date the episode. Uh, but if you want a compact experience of this, all quite on the Western front um, from Netflix in oh, the very yeah. beginning, does an amazing job of representing an axe. And his experience within like the beginning of the movie, uh, yes. from beginning to end, you'll see this. That's why Hetch keeps saying it's kind of a trope at this point. Uh, but if you want to see it well done, that's one example. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's also you know kind of uh, the new and hip thing. I, I still say Saving Private Ryan. You know that's yeah. that's a classic man. <laughs> Once again, we're dating ourselves as far as how old we are. <laughs> so we move on and. He stops asking questions, but he goes back. We get a little bit of a flashback here um, where he's remembering the corpse oh, that they destroyed, right, uh, being paraded around the newly liberated city. And his father didn't want him to see it, uh, knowing it would set that fire of rebellion in Axe's heart. Good try, Pops. It happened anyways. But he couldn't quite remember what it looked like. All he remembered is that it was massive. Uh, but we get a little foreshadowing now even though all of this is a flashback where he says um, he couldn't remember what it looked like, but he would see one soon and understand what Sajax meant. Uh, I will give credit where credit is due here. Like they do a really good job of kind of fleshing out acts as a character yeah. instead of someone to just be thrown away, um, which we'll get to that point later. Spoilers. But um, <laughs> they do a good job because they, you know, he is he is doing like we are getting his insight as far as him being able to read the room. Mm -hmm. uh, he's realizing Jax doesn't really want to talk about it, but he's still listening intently on what Jax is saying. He's taking these context clues, putting them together and coming to conclusions of his own. And those conclusions are that he, like, he starts kind of breaking out in a cold sweat, like, Oh God, I'm going to have to see one of these God warriors like in the flesh yeah, and like, so he starts getting afraid like right now. And that's, th that's really good as far as for the storytelling, when we get out of this freaking flashback, because <laughs> it's, you know, it's a lot of different complex emotions that he's just like, they're constantly bubbling up and he's constantly fighting to keep them down and try to be cool in front of his heroes, because these are the guys that he, these are the guys, they're the reason that he's here. And so he doesn't want to look bad in front of them, but he's like, they're really doing a good job of telling you exactly the turmoil going on within Axe, which is great for the story that we're going through. And 
to add a little bit to what Hedge said, for all you D&D players, everything he just mentioned are great aspects of a good what? Ranger, which is what Axe is. So great writing. Great writing to this point. So um, I, I know the name for my next ranger when I play D anD D again. <laughs> the whole name? Are you? Gonna, is there a character limit? Or <laughs> oh, I'm gonna find a way around it. <laughs> I'm gonna get banned on T and Beyond <laughs> and demand the other players have to say your full name, or you won't respond. <laughs> I'm just gonna stare into the camera like, say it. <laughs> <laughs> So this takes us to our final part of this part of the uh, the storytelling, uh, part three, where we're now out of the flashback. We're back. And they arrive at the crumbling stone city wall. So they're now outside the city. And this is where it's being rebuilt uh, by stone rites and thaumaturges. God damn it. Thaumaturges. We're going to call them mages. They're mages. Okay. I, was, <laughs> I hate saying that word. It's been around longer than I have. <laughs> so what you're saying, so what you're saying is that when we, you know, decide to like try to learn the ancient arts of magic, so you're not going to go to the thaumaturgy class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nearby them stands the Icathian army. There's tens of thousands of men uh, and women. And this is impressive for Axe because, once again, he's never seen anything like this. There's a mixture of talent writers, um, other archers like him, soldiers with axes, picks, and spears. And there was this continuous crackling of energy happening as well because they have mages of their own. Uh, and around these mages, the air around them starts to blur. Uh, you would see this in a lot of, like, anything with magic in it. Usually it's written the same way of how magic warps the atmosphere around the wielder. Um, on top of this, we have Sage Axe uh, telling Axe not to be too impressed uh, by what he sees in front of him since the Sun Emperor has five armies and the smallest one is three times the size of their current army. Uh, and I wonder... How will they balance the scales? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as Acathia is totally still a region that stands and that has cards printed in the game Runeterra and <laughs> Jax is a part of Acathia and not just a Runeterra card. Yeah, <laughs> they can balance the scales fine. <laughs> the sarcasm is thick. <laughs> My lord, it's thick. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this, this is also like what I kind of pointed out where it's like Jax was like, no, I'm not going to tell you these stories because I don't want to scare you. And yeah. it's like, OK, well, now that we're at the front line, you're about to see soon enough. Don't get too impressed, kid. Uh, we're fighting an uphill battle. <laughs> <laughs> so to elaborate more, Jax wouldn't tell Axe, you know, how they would overcome this disadvantage. But Axe can see in the distance there's a silken pavilion of crimson and indigo uh, with priests near it weaving intricate patterns in the air. He doesn't know what this means, uh, but Axe does notice he's beginning to feel sick while just looking at it. Um, so when he looks away, he wipes his mouth and notices there's blood, and he's surprised by that. No battle has started yet. What's going on? So he says, hey, what's over there? <laughs> Which is a very understandable question. And Jax just says, a weapon. <laughs> oh, God. If only it was just a weapon. 
if only it was just a weapon. And uh, for again, for people that have listened to our, you know, specifically Icathia episodes like Jax and Zillion, um, or even if you want to listen to an episode that kind of takes place in more present day Runeterra, like Kaisa. Um, yeah, it's not a weapon. <laughs> That's a big spoiler, but I'm fine spoiling it. It's not a weapon. <laughs> yeah, so we get a little bit more details that after an earthquake in Sabera, uh, the mages found this new weapon, quote unquote, deep underground. And this group wasn't aware of what kind of weapon it was, but they were insured, which, okay, we'll stop here. And I think we've talked about this in the past. The will of a priest and what they have done in history. <laughs> we have learned in modern history that when a priest tells you something, it's not purely by a godly whim. There's sometimes some other motivations. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just dying at the moment. Let him recover. Oh, God. Uh, the pathway to hell is paved by good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not aware what kind of weapon this is they're ensured that it would wipe out the shreeman army which would obviously raise um question marks and it would also take out their god warriors from this world so now the sun is high it's at its peak and axe axe is a uh, currently shivering which he's like well shit this is weird uh obviously fear and anticipation and they wait and one hour later the shariman army arrived and we say arrived in the past tense because surprise this whole part is a flashback oh my god <laughs> the oh twist my god. Now, now again, like when we when we're getting into like the battle and stuff, yeah. like uh, we we love to say this. I'm a huge fan of this. I want it to be our thing. Yeah. But we're gonna dive into like some sakuga. Right? <laughs> That's great and everything. Uh, but man, you just had to put this many flashbacks. To get there. I can't believe you, Riot. Uh, and, but all that said, like this is they did a really good job as far as like in this first part, they do use the flashbacks to set the yes. stage. It's well done. And, it's well done. And it's important to set the stage because this stage specifically is massive. And uh, again, if you haven't listened to our Jackson Zillion episodes or even if you have and you might have forgotten, this is taking place pretty far back in time all right yeah. like the the shariman empire is still alive we haven't gotten to ruination 3.0 yet yeah uh it's like the so They're this is testing. before yeah this is before azir <laughs> uh, before azir tries to ascend and zarath ruins everything yeah. uh this is before the first time that everybody sees a void because we're spoiler this is the first time we see it um <laughs> and like so this is a a big stage. This is one of the biggest battles in the history of Runeterra yeah. that's about to unfold before us. So it's very important that you set that stage right. And they do set the stage. They, It's there. I'm so excited to go into the story with everybody with this stage. I'm just upset they used it as flashbacks. You, know, <laughs> you just as easily could have started at the friggin' parade and just or or even started at the night where Axe like is 
vandalizing the sun disc and drawing yeah. a dick on it you know like <laughs> just start there like you could set the stage that way why why inception us with flashbacks i the, can't believe the it. real way to push hatch over the edge is to reveal at the end here that acts as a yordle and that's when it gets <laughs> i would lose it i would lose it, <laughs> would lose it. it's like Spoiler, Acathia is just a city of yordles. <laughs> just like flip a table. <laughs> so that ends our first part. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you're excited because like all good workouts, you got to stretch first. So in the next part, it's going to be longer than this episode and we set it up that way on purpose uh, because it's just it, it felt like a better way to section off this content. So as always, thanks for listening. and We'll be back soon with the next Icathia episode. Yeah, yeah, stay tuned, everybody, and take care, everybody. <laughs>